Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Chasers, this is another episode of our monthly vlogcast. Um, I know this one's late. <laughs> it is late. It is late. It, it's, it, it's really late. It's really late, but we have a good reason for it as well, too. Mark, yeah, would you I like guess to we'll be trans- Oh, wait, what? I said, would you like to explain why it's late? Because someone didn't edit the other one, and then we, we listened to the other one, too, and we weren't really happy with what we said, because that will be exclusively on Patreon, right? I buried the lead for you. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of like told them ex- like kind of what's going on. <laughs> I guess. Well, I, mean, I didn't really explain anything. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. You can explain. Explain eloquently, <laughs> more eloquent than me. <laughs> oh, dude, I can't do that. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. What what happened, guys? Is we did have a vlogcast that was supposed to come out on time, but we thought about it. Um, it's a very uh we're gonna be as transparent, but we're gonna be a little bit mindful of what we say about certain things. And the thing is on that version of the the vlogcast, we were uh a little or I think it was more of me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say don't frame me up in this shit because I was like Mark got really fucking angry. Like he was he was on one. <laughs> like he was, I, I literally like went on a rant. <laughs> he, the his middle name was Mark Rant Ravasco at that day. Yeah. I was yeah, it's a pretty uh it's pretty uh, uh let's just say that <laughs> you if can't you even want explain. to listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to listen to it, just uh, um, go to our Patreon. Uh, we, I think we're going to put it as a special episode where, uh, like, an outtake episode. Because if anything, it's like one of those things where it's like, we shouldn't put it out to the public, honestly. <laughs> we should have it more of a private thing. And and you know what? If people want to hear it, they want to hear it. And we're not going to, like, 
we're not gonna like push a shove without it, you know. Yeah. But you know, we also gotta eat. <laughs> yeah, but no one, and, no one is on the Patreon anyway. We have nothing up there anyway. So I mean, might as well put something now on there because like, no, yeah, none of the shit that I've said in the podcast the last fucking twenty something episodes about Patreon has ever happened because I've I have not figured out how to do Patreon still in a sense. I'm like so confused a little bit about it. So uh, yeah, I mean like basically we, the, the in most retrospect we're supposed to do like a reward tiers yeah. for people doing monthly uh yeah payments. But, but in if any case this is probably one of those things. Yeah. And uh We'll definitely put this up there uh, for everybody that's uh, doing monthly to uh, be able to on demand uh, yeah. access it. If if anything, like I would love to, like I think we have to reassess the whole Patreon thing next year in year two, yeah. going into year two because I, um, I have a lot of plans for year two and I wrote them all down already. <laughs> so I was kind of like, all right, this is what I need to do in year two and. Uh, I kind of, I'm kind of like going all over the place. I feel like right now, but like a year or two, I got, we got reassess Patreon, and I think, I think either use Patreon or we have to use that YouTube join thing as well. Maybe if we can, if we can do that too, if possible. Right. So one of the two. But regardless of that, uh, we just want to give our little housekeeping before we start to the news. So go ahead and take it away, John. All right. Oh yes, let me get my Google Keep up real quick because I have it, my script in there. Oh. I'm, my God! You know, I ain't got a barrel of money. Maybe oh we're ragged and funny. Kill but we'll me. travel along singing this song. Hello, Frame Chasers. Uh, you already know what it is. Today is our vlogcast, as Mark eloquently said earlier. And before we start the episode, obviously, like Mark said also, housekeeping is an altar. So first off, we have to thank our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Artlist is a powerful music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. With thousands of new songs and a full year of unlimited downloads, you can find exactly the music you need for your project. This is the godsend of all music licensing platforms. I shit you not. This place is awesome. You need to sign up. Music licensing is often complicated, expensive mess which slows us down and gets in the way of the creative process by offering direct and unlimited access to our entire catalog of inspiring music for a single annual subscription fee. We believe Artlist is the solution. If you join with our affiliate link today, you will get one year with two extra months free. So check that out in the link in our description and join Artlist.io, an inspiring music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers, and second off, we have shirts, guys, at teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. Uh, we have hashtag frame chaser, chasing the frame podcast shirt. I believe George Elias just bought one, so shout out to George for and thank you uh, for buying it, George. Uh, we also thank you, George. Uh, yeah, first, I think that's like our second or first fucking official. Like someone buying our shirts, I believe Lamar Bell did too. But I don't know if he ever got it. He had, I think he had, might have had an issue. So that wasn't on us. That was on Teespring. But anywho, uh, we also have uh, filmmaking is my mistress, which is a quote from Adia Bell in her episode. And then I just put the holy moly shirt up, which is our new shirt and probably my favorite shirt so far. So if you want to get uh, an uh, awesome shirt that says holy moly because i say that a shit ton in the podcast please buy that because i would love to see people take pictures with the holy moly shirt on 
That's just my dreams. And then again, guys, you can also just donate if you like on paypal.me slash CTF podcast. Cash app at uh, jdemarco3 if you do that as well. Whatever you guys want to do. I don't really care. Also, uh, Litecoin XRP donations on the YouTube. Kind of still figuring that out as well, too. So don't really worry about that if you're in the crypto space and shit like that. Also, there's some other things I kind of have to figure out because uh, decentralization of VeChain and that shit's pretty dope. So we might make VeChain the new thing. And that's dirt, dirt cheap. Um, so again, guys, let's get to it. Let's get those frames going with our vlogcast. Mark, back to you. All right. So uh, in this uh, moment, we did talk a lot about what happened in the last month when it came to like cameras and everything. We talked about the Komodo. We talked about like the EOS R5. We talked about all that kind of stuff. Yep. Now we got more info. Yes, very much a lot of info, actually. So we're going to get through this as quickly as po possible. And I'm probably going to start a timer for this because, you know, I always forget to do these kind of things. And you go long. And, uh, you go long yeah. and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like the longest yard. <laughs> Did you watch the Peter McKinnon videos on this already? The the can ambassador no, himself? Uh, no, 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 I haven't. Okay. I, I've I've. I've done more article research than I did video research. Okay, I just I watched this this morning. That's why I was like, "Did you watch those?" <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Um, I had no time to do any of that shit. Yeah. I had to, um, uh, I had to do. A, well, we'll we'll go into. Go that ahead, later. go ahead, and talk about it. All right. So first up in news, we should have like that little uh, <laughs> thing that we <laughs> <think>. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just like da -da -da, da -da -da. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. No, that's ESPN. That, what are you? What are you doing? That's ESPN. That was a sports. I know. <sighs> no, you want the you want the ticket. You want the fucking like boop, 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 the wire. Hold on, I got. Uh, uh, it's like the news wire. Oh my god! No, 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 no! Do not play that. Why not? Because copyright. It's not anyway. copyright. I can find it for free. And also, it's like. Well, well, okay, okay, regardless. Let's let's okay. All right. So first off, let's talk about one of the one of the ones that John was making fun of for a while. Uh, the Sony A7S 3 was confirmed finally to launch soon. I know. I know. Is, what is it 4 years too late? Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. And we've been talking about this for a while yeah. now. Um, We've talked I think about this funny. before we made the podcast also. We've been talking about this for like literally yeah. maybe two to three years, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it almost seemed like a um an unwanted dream. <laughs> <laughs> an unwanted dream. I don't know dream. if that's like a terrible way of saying it, but I mean, here's oh. the thing. What can Sony do that can be different? from every other manufacturer in this lineup of cameras. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, we've seen... It's it's true. We've seen a whole bunch of mirrorless cameras for the last, uh, what is it, five to six years now. And the thing is, let's be honest, a lot of them could do 422 10-bit now. Mm -hmm. A lot of them could do uh, uh, high bitrate recordings. A lot of them can do IBIS. A lot of them can do log and in some cases some a lot of them are using the new h265 codecs and shit like that you know mm -hmm. we already have these at our disposal at price ranges that are from from low tier to mid tier you know in terms of pricing what does the a7s3 have 
that these other cameras can't. What can they do to set their bar higher like they used to? That's the thing. The A7S uh, series has been always like what uh, uh, a game changer in every single release, considering because I think the biggest uh, thing that it likes to uh, advertise as being what it's best at is the low light. The, the sensitivity yeah. uh, capabilities of those cameras. But the thing is, you could get that with the, the Panasonic cameras and you could get that with all the other cameras out there. Like even, even Nikon and all that have like sensitivity of dual native ISO. Even the black magic's uh, pocket cinema cameras can do uh dual native ISO. Even yeah. the Z cam can do a certain D uh, dual native ISO, not like figuratively, like it, it's, it's like blatantly obvious, but it has, has like these secret features kind of like the, the Panasonic S one, the S one has a uh, dual native ISO. That's not even blatantly like showed off in any of the spec sheets, but it's, it has it at ISO 4,000. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's a known thing. And what does the seven, the a seven S three have? I mean, I don't know, but here's a fun fact. Did you know the A7S was done in like 2014, right? And then the next year was the A7S2, and now it's been five years for the A7S3. Five years. Yeah. And the A7R3 and 4 have come out already. Yeah, and the <laughs> a 73 as well. Yeah, and the a 73 yes. Sorry. Yeah, Newest which one. was the last, uh, yeah. w- which was considered the last camera that's actually video-centric in some ways. Yeah. Even though it's still like a video slash photography based yeah. camera, I, I don't know. It's just um, the biggest thing that makes it different, or what they're saying now. These aren't complete specs that I'm about to tell you guys right now, but it is like what they're stating is going to happen, I guess. But the main the main thing is, regardless of any Sony camera outside of cinema cameras, right? Every one of these cameras have been eight bit. Mm-hmm. That's a huge problem, a majorly huge problem when it comes to color grading and stuff. Yeah, if you're just doing like regular video, you know, not even caring about log and all that. The thing is, S log two is cool. S log three is cool. Yes, yes, they're great on cinema cameras. When you're using these kind of cameras, there's you're you're running into like color banding issues. You're running into all these uh, all these issues when it comes to color. So it's not the best type of cameras for it. Yeah, some people will argue, da, 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 da. but let's be honest. When when facts and sheets come together, it it does show in the actual product. So, in this case, what they're trying to boast this time about this A7S III, as in terms of rumors, okay, is it's supposed to rock four two two ten bit this time mm-hmm. internal recording at four K sixty. So it's supposed to have this, and it's supposed to have uh. Um, S log three as well. Wasn't S log so, three in the, like the last two like, uh, just not the A seven S two, but like the AR three and the four. I don't remember, okay. but I know that it wasn't a very prominent type of log that yeah. they used a lot in advertisements. I I know they talk about that in the Ace uh, the FS seven videos or something like that. They they talk about the A. Yeah, see, yeah. in cinema cameras, it's great. That's yeah. the thing. But like these kind of cameras, uh. It's not because of that. That eight bit still kills it, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, um, the thing that they're also trying to, uh, they're trying to push too for this new camera as well as, uh, for one of the rumor mills about it is, uh, 
its new sensor that's doing it's called a quad bayer design mm. sensor um it's supposed to uh synchronize or retain like uh huge balances towards large pixels in general um which uh I would have to see to really know, but I will say this. They have that new vlog camera, right? And yeah, yeah. And it, it it's uh it's autofocus is godly for what it is. Like it's better than uh a lot of cameras out there. Um and it this new camera will probably use that new autofocus system that they used on that new vlog camera. I keep forgetting the name of it, but what if mainly it didn't? Uh, like what if they're like well we didn't get like technically because the the camera cycle in a weird sense they're like well we're trying to finish this one so we have to kind of get rid of that autofocus feature like would that be a would that be terrible or what if that actually happened that would that would kill a lot of people they would not buy that camera if autofocus was taken out completely like, not taken out completely but not had that off that that um heightened uh autofocus that vlog, vlog camera had. oh the new one yeah, the yeah. new one oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that dude, that would be like that dude, that would probably piss a lot of people off. Because that that autofocus was pretty impressive, like really yeah. impressive. Um but uh yeah, the one thing that they are trying to uh like I guess you could say like follow in the sheep herd <laughs> is uh they're trying to mess with raw too. Interesting. Yeah, so they're trying to do that as well. So, and then of course a new battery, yada yada yada. Basically, it's supposed to be a completely redesigned camera, like completely redesigned on every front. So we might even see a newer looking body. So, it that I mean, let, well, who knows? I mean, who who yeah. the hell knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's Sony, you know. <laughs> I don't know where Sony's going with this, but yeah, that's uh, that's what's happening with Sony. So yes, all you A seven three conspiracy theorists, cons- <laughs> uh, dreamers, uh, Sony. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making fun of you guys. I'm sorry. It's just. Um, it's just that Sony it, is just in this tight spot right now, it, and it's also like the waited so long for this that if it's if one thing's off if one like hair i'm using hair as the example but if one hair of the camera's off people are me up in fucking arms because <laughs> this camera yeah, waited yeah. fucking five years it's too long yeah. it's too fucking long especially when you had a great and and that's the other thing it's a high expectation based yeah. camera especially it's, especially now with the r5 and 6 by the way yeah which we'll get into that, yeah. and 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 that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I get you, Sony lovers love these cameras. They're great. They were the best low light monsters of their time. We all admit it. Uh, even through the last few years, we we can still admit that, right? Mm-hmm. They're not anymore at this point because there are other cameras out there, like the GH5s. There is the the Blackmagic uh, Pocket Cinema camera as well. I'm just saying, like, it's not in that category anymore it's it's done it's time there low light cameras aren't a big issue anymore and that's the thing like uh it's just too late i think for them to put something that's game changing like they used to do and that's just my problem with sony right now when they this is just too long yeah it's i i totally agree with you (laughs) i totally 100 agree with you yeah, 
but moving on, let's move to the next part. Uh, so Nikon uh, will announce uh, the new Nikon Z5, apparently, and three new lenses. Are they going backwards? Because then they have the Z6. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, and the Z7, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, I think, um, well, here's the thing. I think what they're trying to do is, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be an entry-level full-frame okay. camera. Oh, okay. So I guess it's so I guess it's like their lower cost option. So if you guys don't know, uh, Nikon was the first mirrorless DSLR in the market, be, or DSLR. I'm sorry, mirrorless camera in the market before Panasonic did the S1, the S1R, the S1H. Before uh, um, all these other guys started to implement ProRes RAW, they were the first one to implement ProRes RAW through an automos recorder before any other manufacturer did it with the Z6 and the Z7. So it was the first cameras that you can get that can truly get ProRes raw at a cheaper price. Now that's not a big thing anymore. So now they have to, they are starting to do these entry level, which is this uh, Z5. And uh, I don't know the specs of it. They don't have any specs about it. Um, Now the, they said there will be an announcement about it on the 21st, which will give us more specs and three new lenses that we can uh, use. Those cameras are awesome. Nikon, Nikon cameras are cool. It's just that lately for the, it's kind of like Fujifilm where um, most of us cinema esque people, right. Or most of us videographers, cinematographers don't really look at Nikon as being a video centric type of camera line. Yeah, I never, I never, I remember something in college. I mean, this is like 10 years ago, but I remember someone said something very specific. He's like, don't ever get Nikon for your new video because their compression just sucks. And I'm like, and from then on, I never thought about buying a Nikon from that, that day forward for video work. And I'm like, I still stick to that and I'm never going to probably buy a Nikon in my life. Well, you got to realize this ten years ago. Yeah, I know. A lot but of, it just sticks. And in a lot of uh, these cam these camera companies have changed a lot. And if anything, they're actually competing really well at this point. That's yeah. what I think because uh, things can change, things adapt, and you know, I, I honestly think they're not a, a photo camera company anymore. Because let's uh, let's let's face it, a lot of people have. Uh, there's some people that have got the Z6s and the Z7s and yeah. they enjoy it very much and they get ProRes RAW and they also get uh, 10-bit 422, IBIS. Uh, the autofocus rivals with uh, Sony and uh, Canon as well and Fujifilm. And they have all the biggest shit on their cameras. So it's it's just, I think... Wait, the are you on the Z50 or the Z5? Z5. No, I'm talking about the Z6 and the Z7. Oh, right I meant the new one. Sorry, I was just on the K uh, Nikon website while you were telling me about it. Oh no, I'm talking about the Z. The well, I'm talking about the Z5 in in general. Yeah. Aspect, but I'm just saying like what what these cameras can do already. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. the Z6 and Z7. Yeah. They they have marked themselves as capable videography based cameras. They are in the professional field and at quality now. So I can I can honestly vouch for that as well. But I think what the issue is with Nikon versus like all the other brands is that it's the only thing that made them different, right? Was uh the ProRes capability. But now that's a norm. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I don't even see them at this point. And just remember, the Z6 and the Z7 were around that $2,500 to uh, $3,500 range. Mm. So, even still, if you were going to get the first ever ProRes camera, uh, ProRes RAW camera at the time, at that at a cheaper price, they were still at that price range, which most people wouldn't pay for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as now we have, like, other cameras that can do it like the s1h that uh with the 6k that can do that can do prores raw now you know and and now we have and then of course like all the other stuff yeah which that leads me to the next segue which is the eos r5 don't forget the six and the six yes we'll get to that in a minute though uh the r5 is definitely what we're going to talk about more in this Mm -hmm. um What's crazy is that the R5 is a direct competitor, like directly in terms of DS uh, mirrorless and everything, to the S1H. Oh yeah, definitely the Panasonic S1H because it's the same pricing range. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so here's the thing, guys. Let me let me remind you again what the S1H has. That makes it different. It's also a camera that can do Pro ProRes RAW, by the way. So here is the Panasonic S1H, and then we'll get to the R5 because this is a very important thing because this is their direct competitor. So Panasonic's S1H is the best mirrorless uh, full-frame camera that you can get right now from uh, uh, Panasonic if you're not going below uh, to their cinema line. So what it what it has is of uh, 6k 24 24 frames 422 10-bit uh dci 4k or uh uhd 4k um it has vlog and it's not vlog light it's actual cinema vlog that you can use it has dual native iso i don't know the exact functions of the dual dual native iso i don't know which uh, isos they are at it it has that um it has HFR uh, uh, high frame rate with sound, um, and like I said, it's full frame. Um, it has internal IBIS, so it does have IBIS. Um, so if you guys, it's it's that type of IBIS too that the sensor moves with as you're moving. So it works with optical lenses as well for for the movement. Um, it does have autofocus, but we know how Panasonic's autofocus are. It's pretty bad <laughs> i've experienced that myself so <laughs> um uh, it has 4k anamorphic recording mm-hmm. um it has uh i believe it has a full hd up to 120 frames per second and anamorphic uh 120 uh, frames per second as well mm-hmm. so you can already tell it's a jam-packed camera it's a pretty high-end freaking camera. Yeah. It's it, it's it's those, those features you don't get normally in any cameras. The pricing for this camera is $4,000 for the body alone. The downsides to this camera though are its mount. The L mount is a very expensive lens option. Uh it's it's almost kind of ludicrous how much they cost <laughs> um and its body is extremely big 
for a regular camera. So that's the other thing. Doesn't now, have that like grip though looking thing at the end though of it? Yeah, it's it's a full metal uh body though, and it's 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 so so it's I don't think that's really a con. Some people like it, some people don't. Yeah. It's a 50-50 thing, but it's a big ass camera. Mm-hmm. I've actually held the S1 for instance. The S1 is a it's it's a monster of a camera. Yeah. It look it's almost like close to if you had the same size as a red. So, it's pretty big. Now, uh now to the R5. So, the one thing about the Panasonic is that it's 6K. So, that's one of the biggest things. This one is an 8K camera. And not just an 8K camera, but holy fucking shit does it have a lot on it. So let me just go through the list of what this camera can do that's really wowzers about it. Because it's I'm not I'm, I have to admit, dude, it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I watched I that Peter, I was telling you I watched that Peter McKinnon video about it and I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you my opinions after you talk about both of them, and I'll and I'll just you know tell you after. Yeah. But uh, I'll let you let you talk about the specs. Okay, so spec sheets. Uh, so the EOS R5 will uh, is a full frame camera. It's capable of recording 8K RAW. That's its biggest feature that it has. So it's able to do 8K DCI. Raw, so that means if you don't know DCI, in this case, in 8K, anything above 6K and 8K, when it says DCI, it's actually open gate, which means it uses the full utilization of that sensor. Th- that means from from uh, end of the sensors to every corner of the sensor. So it uses everything about the sensor. It doesn't have crops like n- other cameras do. So it utilizes an open gate 8K form. Uh, in raw that's up to 2600 megabits per second which is ridiculously pow- uh, crazy by the way um that d- d- try to put that in your nle by the way <laughs> um you can't <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not gonna be able to you can unless probably, you have like a 24 core <laughs> i was gonna say you can put it in your hard drive but uh <laughs> and you can you can transcode it but you won't be able to play it unless you have a fucking amazing computer <laughs> yeah and that means amazing as in future proof computer, yeah. which is over five grand, by the way. <laughs> um, so it, it doesn't matter if it's Mac or PC either. <laughs> um, so it has it's 8K. It does up to 30 frames. So it does 24, uh, 23, 98 and uh, and 30 frames, of course, mm. 2997. Um, it does it uh, now outside of that, the raw, there is also regular 422 10 bit and 4208 bit. Um, What's crazy about these, and I'll state this, is we're at a time period now, guys, where for a norm for any camera out there, nothing can go below, I would say, 200 megabits per second at this point. We, For a long time, we've been dealing with cameras that can uh, only at most go to 60 megabits per second. But now we're at this stage. You ready for this, John? Go ahead. 8K can do 1300 megabits per second. Well, it takes a, C- in- a CFast Express card, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, yeah. So, that- so you need a CFast Express to do raw. Yeah. Um, for these, though, for uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I should have stated that. My bad. And um, it's a dual. By the way, it's dual. Don't forget that it's dual. Uh, it's a CFast and an SD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to get to. Sorry. So with SD, uh, 
you uh no you're fine dude uh with sd 420 8-bit and 422 10-bit is available on every mode by the way on sd okay so uh you've through uh us uh is it uh us usc uh two or i uh, forgot what the the speed thing yeah, is. yeah. It, it's one of those it's, it's USC two or all this US, shit. Uh, a3 oh, a3 or something shit some shit of that nature. yeah yeah basically the newest one yeah. the very fast sd cards now that yeah. can do crazy write speeds of like 200 or 300 <laughs> but anyways um uh like I said, with the 8 bit, uh, 420 and the 422 10 bit, uh, you get uh, on all I mode, you can get 1300 megabits both on, on 8 bit and 10 bit for your uh, 8K. Um, for 8K on IPB, you can get uh, four, 470 uh, megabits per second on 420 8 bit, and then uh, 422 10 bit, you get 680. So most people will use 10 bit. I'll be honest. Nobody really uses 8 bit at this point because it's terrible for color. Unless if you're that type of guy that's like, oh, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about color, right? Yeah. But let's be honest. Most people use color for professional work now. And we're cinematographers. So cinema is about log at this point. So just remember, everything has C log on this. So uh, no matter what I'm talking about, you just add C log to that list because it'll be a part of it. Um, so it can do regular UHD 8K as well. Um, in all I mode, it can do 1300 megabits both on uh, 8 bit and 10 bit. I'm just going to talk about 10 bit for now on because that's probably what we care about the most. Um, so 8K UHD is in 20, uh, 2398 and 2997 in frame rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that is also uh, at 1300 megabits. Just remember that. That's a lot. That's ridiculous amount. That means you could really play the with the with the with the colors and everything. It's it's a lot of information. Um, now, what's cool about this camera too for the R5 is that it can also do uh, a 4K upscale recording with HDR. So if you don't want to shoot in 8K, if you're not that type that's like, oh, I don't care about this 8K uh, craze and all that. And, you know, there's some people like that. Like, John, you're probably one of those guys that don't want to do uh, 8K and all that. No, I'm, not, I'm I'm good without. I don't need 8K right now. And also, right. like, you know, again, how many of your clients are really asking for 8K and how many actually know about 8K and care about 8K, right. to be honest, too? But, I mean, it's it's more of a future-proof yeah, it, kind it, it's of thing. A I think that's thing. what they're trying to go for. Well, yeah. But for you... And other people like you out there, yeah. though, there is that 4K uh, upscale option, yes. which uses the full 8K OpenGate sensor. Uh, OpenGate, by the way, still OpenGate. It uses the full, full 8K OpenGate sensor and uh, and transcodes it to a 4K image, which retains all the the quality of that 8K image to 4K, mm. which is nice. That's a really cool feature. That means it's a super enhanced version of 4K. And a really super enhanced version of 4K yeah. because it will also use HDR at the same time, which is that standard of HDR 10 that we see on TVs now and on phones and everything like that. So there is that. That's for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty cool feature. I, if I were to say so myself, that's probably something that you would use the most out of that. Yeah. Not only that, you get that in 10 bit. You get that in 1800 megabits per second, and you can get up to 120 frames per second. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's a pretty awesome, uh, 
That's a pretty awesome feature, right? That's a pretty awesome. That's probably feature. the one I want the most out of all of it. The 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 one twenty. No, it's just the fact that that you have options for oh, that. Yeah, you don't okay. have to do 120. You okay. could do 60 if you want. That's true. You could do you could do 24, but you retain that 8K quality, all the colors, all the values in 10-bit 1800 megabits per second with all those frame rates available at yeah. 4K. That's amazing. Which you could still retain down to 1080p and get even better quality than any other 1080p camera out there. So that's the one, and and on top of that, everything has autofocus, Canon's autofocus on it, Canon's color science, and Canon's C log. I'm just saying that's the most perfect thing I've ever heard in my life. If I were to be honest, it's pretty fucking, it's pretty sexy to hear that. Yeah, it's it it does make the camera very um appealing now. Yeah, you know, it really does. Um, we'll get to something else though that might not make it appealing. <laughs> There's actually like three of them uh, that I've seen. Um, three things that aren't appealing to you. There's three things that aren't appealing to me with this camera. Well, when, um, are, you, when are you, are you going to just hold on to it and tell us now, or are you going to make us wait? We're gonna w- let me get through the last part okay. of this spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you get all of that in 4K uh, upscale if you want to. You can also get regular 4K that doesn't use the 8K sensor. I don't know why you would do this if you have that part available. Just saying, mm-hmm. it's kind of dumb if you're gonna if you're not gonna use that 4K upscaler. I'm just saying. Yeah. Don't. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm. I guess it's cool that Canon gives you another option. Maybe it's for file sizes. Maybe makes sense. But, yeah, but I mean, why 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 not use it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, just get a better, higher SD cards. They're not that expensive. Well, the CFS <laughs> Express are. So if you need to get use anything of that, that's yeah. Gonna be but a you don't crazy. need to use that for the upscaling. Oh yeah, for the I'm upscale, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's oh, yeah, what I'm no. trying to say. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. So this, but this this feature is available though. <laughs> if you want regular 4K, that's not upscaling, which I still think is stupid. Um, <laughs> you could do that too. Uh, it's it's available. It'll still be at that high quality megabits per second, ten bit, four two two, all that. You just won't get the highest quality off that eight K. You can still do one twenty frames though, and all that. Mm-hmm. So you could do that. Um, now there's also full HD. Uh, which full HD has sixty frames, and you can get that at the highest of four two two ten bit as well, at uh, uh two hundred thirty megabits per second. So if you look at all this all together. Um, you're not getting any bad bitrate overall. You're getting almost like Panasonic's quality with the GH5 and GH5S with their bitrate and everything, which you could really play with the colors like on that those cameras. Mm. You get the same thing, except you have Canon's color science, which is even better. Mm-hmm. I I look at this camera, the the R5, as a very upgraded Panasonic camera, like. An almost like a full-on upgraded version of a Panasonic camera because it has all these features that Panasonic has that's pretty fucking awesome. But it has co- Canon's color science and their autofocus, which is the autofocus is terrible on Panasonic. So it's almost that, like I said, it's like Canon made a better Panasonic camera. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I look at it, at least. I'm not downplaying Panasonic. Because Panasonic has made these cameras for a long time now. 
like these mm-hmm. style of cameras and they've been ahead of the game with that but i feel like canon caught up basically and made a better camera um now another good thing that i'm going to start mentioning then we'll get to the bad stuff <laughs> um the autofocus is a new autofocus system a completely new one you, you want to know what's cool about it john what's well, cool about it? animal eye and face detection yes that's not just the only thing though oh. so this is a new generation of of its dual pixel autofocus it is now called dual pixel autofocus 2 so it's a new generation of it i know which means, i would figure which it's means, called that yeah <laughs> um what's cool though is that they never did um they never did head head and body and uh and dog tracking before so this is a completely new thing um which is pretty cool because then it can actually uh i guess differentiate between a human and a dog if they're they're in picture for yeah. instance if they wanted to have autofocus that's really quick and fast mm-hmm. the thing is canon is notorious for being the best autofocus system in in the history of cameras they are still spot on they're almost as good uh they're not perfect but they're almost close enough to the point that they're super reliable and everybody uses it that's it's like the main autofocus based camera system you can you can use on anything that's why they're constantly used in like hollywood sets and all that because they're autofocus at some scenes and all that when they use them when they need autofocus the most uh, outside of manual focus to be as quick as possible on certain scenes um is legendary still and now they have this new one this is gonna turn heads i think unless if sony's new one does something i'm just wishing it, yeah, we're we're this is a very interesting time for autofocus. I'll just say that. <laughs> but yeah, so this is a new system. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, another thing that they start that they introduce is HDR ten available both on stills and video. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Like, they're they're really trying to hit the mark on new technology on this camera. So I I mean we made fun of it for a while. Yeah. Now, but I have to admit, man, uh, I'm pretty impressed by this new tech that they have. I'm impressed it's, too. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll hold my comments till the end, really, and yeah. of what I I choose and why. So, yeah. So, um, now we talked about the uh the EOS R5, of course. Now let's talk about the EOS the EOS R6, which is their. Uh, oh yeah, and here's the price of the R5. That's why I mentioned the. <laughs> the Panasonic S1H in the first place. Yeah. Um, it is four grand. Almost the same price as well, I'm 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 rounding it up. It's hundred dollars less actually. Grand. Well, one's thirty nine hundred, the other one is uh thirty uh four thousand. So it's a hundred dollars less than the Panasonic. Right. Which <laughs> that's that's surprising, which I think is uh I honestly will say this. I think it's better than the Panasonic. I think it's way better than the Panasonic. But it'll cost you 5,000 cold ones if you want to get a lens with it, the RF lens with it. To be fair, you it costs 5,000 to get a lens yeah. with 
the no, I'm just saying, S1H2. I'm just letting you know if, if anyone. There's no, able, there's no major like differences. Well, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm there. just saying in a general sense, if anyone's looking to get the lens with it, which is the custom, uh, the not the custom, the the comp, the usual kit lens that comes with these things, like the art, like yeah. the 5D and all that shit. Uh, it's the 24 to 105 f4 lens, and that's about a about a thousand dollars more, eleven hundred dollars more. So you're looking at five thousand for that whole thing. Yep. And same with the S1H, if you get their uh, their 24 to 70 millimeter or their 24 to 105 millimeter, it is the same price. It's around 11 to 1200 dollars for their lens as well. Mm-hmm. So either way, you don't win in terms of pricing, <laughs> unless uh, you have both. unless you have the adapter for the R series already and have a shit ton of Canon glass. Yeah, same thing with the uh, with that uh, the S1H as well. Yeah. If you get that adapter, but still, it's the same pricing. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, there's no difference between them when it comes to pricing. Mm-hmm. But there is a major difference in terms of technology, and I will say that the R5 wins in autofocus, 8K over 6K, mm-hmm. raw recording, and yeah that's, those are the main three yeah especially right for that especially for that price too again like again going back to that real quick it's like yeah 8k for 4k for yeah 8k for 4k if you think about it so what are you yeah. getting 6k for 4k that's like a it's like the deal look for deals man look for fucking deals that's why i say sometimes yeah yeah it's like it's uh and like i said that's why i said it's an upgraded version of a panasonic camera yeah. so r6 but, to be fair Panasonic hasn't announced anything new either, so keep that in mind. Also, a new battery too. Yes, new battery. Yeah, same same um, LP six, but or E six, but just the newer, higher capacity one. Yeah, seventeen percent more, if I'm not mistaken, from what I remember watching that Peter Rickin video. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, though. Um, before we go to the R six, because I forgot about this. The R5, the bad things, the things I don't like about it. Um, so there's there's three things. Uh, one of them is the fact that it's now I don't know if this is that bad of an issue. But some people don't like it though, and it's probably the biggest thing that everybody talks about. And mm-hmm. it's the basically the recording time. So if you guys don't know. This has a recording limit. So it does have a recording limit of a standard of 29 minutes and 59 seconds. Wait, so how long? But 29 minutes and 59 seconds. So basically 30 minutes. Oh, okay. That's 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 typical like on all the other fucking uh can no, cameras. Well, that's never happened in a mirrorless camera. Well, in a mirrorless, but it's a can staple that does that. It used to be 12 and then it turned into 30. Well, it never happened in the R and the RP. Oh, it never happened in the RP? <laughs> no, none of none, oh, okay. none of those two because it's mirrorless cameras. It was their first mirror mirrorless. Yeah, that's the, uh, outside of the M50. The M50 didn't even have it either. By the way, yeah, interesting. No, none of their mirrorless cameras had that. Basically, this is the first mirrorless cameras in the market yeah. that actually has a recording limit. Let me it. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why would thirty minutes matter? Like, um, it, yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's that. That's why I stated that I I don't know if this is really a problem. Uh, because now I could see it when I don't know why you would be using this for like a live 
broadcast in any way. Yeah. And because the only reason, the only thing I could think of if you're going to use this for that for long recordings is if you're doing documentaries, but why would you be using this camera for documentaries? I mean, it's not really a fuel. It's not really fueled for that. Well, I mean, you can use it for B roll and probably like some insulary shots if you're on a stabilizer or something like that too. In that yeah, regard, yeah, but for like full on oh, yeah. documentary, no, oh yeah, no, like this full, is not the yeah. camera. No, I mean, unless unless like you know, unless you're like in a talking head style, maybe. But at the same time, like there has to be a workaround it because I feel like there are with like the for example, maybe an Atmos. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. The Atmos, Atmos will like you know. Uh, just go over that because if you just record through there, you record that shit and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, so, no problem there. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, but it like, depends. But but then again, you could get a Panasonic S1H. Yeah, and that has long form recording. Yeah, I mean, so hey. I mean, it's 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 like, I think that's the issue that people are starting to make because there's never been a mirrorless camera that ever had that kind yeah. of issue. That that's the thing. Now. Does it matter to us? No. I don't think it matters to us. No. Maybe to some people, but like, why would, if you're going to do a documentary, I would rather use like a C300 or, or something. Yeah, you know? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, this, that's not the right camera to use, basically, is what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. that's one of them. Uh, oh, I forgot about the Ibis. Eight points. Crap, Ibis. It has eight stops. Eight. Of, 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 uh, of, vibrational uh image stabilization uh where basically the sensor actually vibrates by that uh, that reverberation yeah. that happens it's it's uh it's a whole new feature by the way because i think uh uh most cameras have only five stops yes up to five so it's it's definitely another groundbreaking thing see the technology is awesome on this thing yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna lie yeah in practice i haven't seen it yet so i can't <laughs> really say anything well watch those videos tonight later <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, so that was one of the issues I have with it. Another issue is, um, the heating, dude. I already see heat, heat issues. Well, yeah. When you're shooting for 8k raw, it's going to be a little hot. (laughs) I told, I think we had that discussion last podcast. No, no. But I mean, like it's, it's more prominent this time is what I'm saying. Well, there's a, probably a firmware update for that. I don't think the firmware update is going to fix that. <laughs> but Good. I mean, here's the thing. The thing is, AK is awesome and everything like that. I, I get that. It's a cool thing. It's a new thing. And uh, it's probably going to be adopted. And it's probably going to, there's going to be some new people that's going to adopt it and use it certain yeah. ways. Right. And it might skyrocket their channels and stuff because they have that. Yeah. The thing is, the fact that you have to use CF Express to do that. The camera's already four thousand dollars, even five thousand if you need the lens for it. Spending more just for a card, you're you're spending too much. I think the pricing is mainly the third one that I was about to say, outside of the heat issues that I can see. Mm-hmm. The pricing is expensive. It's ridiculously expensive. Well, um well, hold on. Let me ask you this question. Let me let me let me let me let me try this for you. Let me see if this makes sense. Let's say you buy this to do a video work, right? In a sense. So you need maybe that the CF card, right? CF Express card 
and like two other things, maybe, right? Just to do some quick okay. run and gun video shit. Like if okay. you get a Z cam, let's say, because it's we're gonna go by eight K to eight K, right? So let's just compare apples. And it's not apple really apples, it's apples and oranges in a sense, but the eight K is five thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Full frame. So if you buy the Z cam, what accessories would you have to buy that basically it's more money to buy in the long run? You know what I mean? No, I, I totally but that's a cinema camera. Well, I'm talking about oh, I know. I'm I'm just in terms in of mirrorless yeah. though. In in mirrorless, I get the technology. Yeah. Like that's why they're pricing it a certain way. But here's the thing. You're just like the S1H that I have a problem with. The S1H had that issue of it's too expensive. Yeah. Because there's L lenses. There's, there's in this case, we have RF lenses. You, the, then you have to buy a, a CF Express if you really want to use the true nature of this camera. Yeah. If you want to use the 4K upscale, that's awesome and everything, but like, like, is that what you truly bought it for kind of thing? And if you're going to go that way, why don't you just get like a cinema camera and all that? But I mean, it could also be for videography for yeah. like autofocus and stuff like that. Well, but then why can can't you just get the C200? Too. Well, think about this too. It could be like a photojournalist thing. Cause if, if you need a camera and a video camera, that's what the 5d Mark II was basically in a sense. Like the, the main reason was for a photojournalist because it could easily shoot pictures and then straight to video. And just do that. So it, it. Yeah, but I don't see a lot of those kind of people anymore, though. <laughs> well, there's still a lot. You you don't see them, but there's still a lot of those type of people that out there, you know, doing this stuff who like maybe are going to war torn somewhere or something like that. You know, what I mean, like it's not what you're seeing; it's what the world sees or what they're seeing as a company. So if they're seeing that, then yeah, but then you could get a C200. That's the thing. That's but, what I'm trying. But if to you say. need to take photos, I'm saying like it is a photo. It's a photography mm-hmm. camera. This is not just a, a a cinema camera. This is mainly a photography camera. That's what I'm saying. No, I think this is. Well, I don't think this is. It's it's. it's I think this is a video camera. It, it's not a video camera. It's a it's a photo photography. It's, it's. But why would you have AK then? Because they're they're playing to the fact of that. They're. But why is that the same? Why is that the main? It's called a marketing then? prowess. It's. I mean, it's yes. Video is a main source of this, but also it's a photography thing. It's if it was a video, it was mainly a video thing. Yeah, but they don't market it that way, though. But they, that's the thing. Yeah, but it's it's for pictures a lot. But it's basically for pictures. It's that's the yeah, first but like that's that's what I don't understand because that's not what they're marketing it though. Yeah, that's not their main focus of marketing. Which that's not going to make it appealing to a photographer if they market it another way. Yeah. Well, it, can, it, can, it can make it appealing for a photographer because if a photographer... You know what I think it is, actually? It's a videography-based camera. It's it's made for videographers. Not cinematographers. Videographers. I honestly think that's what it is. It's not more of photography because I don't see anything about... There's only like one instance of what the stills are, and that's for like using HDR and all that. That's the only thing that makes it like uh, appealing to a photographer but that's like one feature and they don't talk about any other photography based features Mm -hmm. in this camera they've marketed only the other stuff that's all based on video which i think is more videographer eccentric because i think videographers are now considered a viable uh, a viable type of uh, group of people this time 
in this in this generation. It's now we have photographers, now we have cinematographers, and now we have videographers. So I think that's what this is truly marketed towards. Okay. At least because it just doesn't make sense because there's no photography that's really talked about on this thing. So I can't really state it's a photographer's based camera because it's not, there's no evidence of that. It's not, it's illogical to that. It literally just came out today. So there's probably going to be a bunch of reviews on the photography aspect of it as well, too. With barely anything to talk about. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, one but again, again, it's, 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 no, I'm saying if it, in the sense of photo- it's it's obviously a photography based camera because I'm saying it's it's shaped like a stills lens it's still shaped like a stills body and it's shaped it has the lenses of a stills lens and then the the main sell point was for video so if you're a photographer in general and you want to get 8K oh this is perfect for me to buy this because I can have 8K video at least and I can kind of upsell my clients as well if you know what I mean that's the whole thing that's how I see it and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just see it more for videographers because there's a lot more videographers out there now in this time and but, age. But also, again, going back, to the, going back to the photojournalist or the photographer as well, too, in a sense, just more or less the photojournalist of it, they take pictures. So if they need something in a video, like you can't take pictures with a cinema camera. So if you're out there shooting stuff and then you have right. to take a video, few shots. Videographers do the same thing, though. That's the thing. Videographers don't do that. Videographers don't take snapshots, though, or pictures. Yeah, they do. Every every freaking videographer does. I've met everybody does actually. I've met a whole bunch of people that do that. No. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm really a videographer. If you think about it, if you want to really go back to the uh, a term of videographer, a videographer is someone with a camcorder. If you really think about that, like the term, like yeah, but we're yeah. in a this is a new I know it's age. A new age but at the same talk. time, like. This is like a, this is adapting to new age of doing things. That's the thing. And we have to, we have to understand that this is we're like, I get, I get the old, the, like the traditional sense of everything. And I get that, but we're, there's also like an adapt uh, adaptation of everybody that changes their roles over time. And yes, the videography is the newest thing though, when it comes to a new breed of them in this case, in this time and era. I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, besides that, uh, that's my problem with the R5. Uh, what is your issues with it? Uh, well, like I, said, I mean, again, I was going to say wait till you said the R6, and then I'll just tell you what I was, I'd was. i pick personally out oh, of those okay. two. So Okay, so it's, it's also... Okay, so it's, it's with both of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So the R6 is the cheaper version of the R5, which is kind of weird because it's a higher number. But don't in this me, case, don't get me started with the fucking numbering system of Canon. <laughs> that fucking irritates me so much. Um, so this is supposed to be their uh, their um, their lower, uh, not an entry level camera. Keep that in mind. It's not an entry level. It's a uh, it's a lower cost version of the R5 because it ha- it retains a lot of its features except for the big ones. So one of the it's uh marketed at 24.99 so it's actually at a comparable price. Mm-hmm. So uh the it rocks a 6K full frame uh sensor. Um it shoots it shoots in that 6K quality. Um well, uh well it's okay, sorry. 
it's 6k what stating like 5.1k to an over oversampled to four, uh, 4k image overall it could do 60 frames um it can't shoot raw it does 422 10-bit though mm. and it has canon log as well so uh it does use the new autofocus system that uh our the r5 uses which is pretty freaking awesome if you if i say so myself it doesn't have any i think it has uh i think it has i'm not sure uh, i haven't really looked i think into it has it. everything basically except the 8k and the 120 4k or something like that yeah it has 1080 4k right yeah or 1080, 1080 120 yes yeah, 1080 120 yeah so so yeah also yeah. So uh, then, then you can i think also, I think you mentioned this. There's only 4K 120 in the R5. There is going to be 1080 120 on the R5 as well. They just have to do a firmware okay. update. Oh, okay. It's yeah. just not at, at, yeah, at, uh, yeah, yeah. at launch. Okay. Um. So, but the the R6 does have uh 120 1080p at 422 10-bit Canon log as yeah. well with autofocus. So that's pretty appealing. It's on its own right too. Mm-hmm. That that alone. Um, downsides to this, I don't really see a downside, honestly. Yeah, I don't this see a downside like a either. I, I personally, if, now I'm gonna tell you why I was thinking about the two. I was about to say, I'm like, I would rather pick the R6 over the R5, most likely, because it's a cheaper. And I'm not trying to be a cheap ass about it, but like, I'd rather have no, you're right. that as my, you know, vlog camera in a sense, because and then like a C200 as my main driver in 4K, you know what I mean? With raw 4K, yeah, yeah. a better raw 4K codec. So that that's my personal opinion. I think just and then that's two at least two cameras that do fucking um uh fucking 4K. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, the only I agree with you on the R on the R6 being a better choice. Yeah. Uh in my opinion as well. Um just because, you know, uh 120 at 1080 is pretty awesome already. I wouldn't mind having that. And uh, having C log and uh, and amazing autofocus yeah. with that already, that's already a dream camera on its own. That's true, and I think that I think there's always rumors or there's always subtle talk. Well, not subtle talk, but there's always this like low talk, like low noise of talk talking about like a Canon RF style fucking cinema camera. So that could be next. I thought the C five hundred has that already. It's an RF camera. It's not RF lens. You have to get the uh, an actual RF style fucking mirrorless uh, cinema camera. Oh, mirrorless. Yeah, mirrorless cinema, cinema camera. camera. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I took that. I said that wrong. I I thought of that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. So. Yeah, a mirrorless, a mirrorless cinema camera. That'd be the first ever too. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes them smaller too. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the them. size of the cinema cameras that can make because they're compact but at the same time they're also sturdy and there's nice weight to it as well too like that's yeah that's why but if it becomes a mirrorless can if they make a mirrorless cinema it's going to be even smaller well yeah i mean it, i mean it could be the same size who the fuck knows you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's just that they've a uh, mirrorless is always that's their biggest trademark is being yeah. smaller too um well here's the thing too I do agree with you on the R6. I mm. do like it better. The only thing I think is really appealing, like I thought it was the AK raw at first, but no, it's not. The mo- the only appealing thing that makes that's appealing to us, like us guys, is that 4K upscaling. Mm. 
because it's 120 frames. It uses the 8K sensor to bring it down to a 4K. And it's and it uses all of those features, all the crazy ass features that it has. That's the only appealing feature though I can actually see. But is it worth four thousand dollars? No. I'm fine with this other Canon body. I don't need to spend four thousand dollars just for something that looks f- that sounds really fucking cool. Yeah, but it's not worth four thousand dollars for that one feature. And AK and AK RAW is just not that big of a deal for me either. So that's the thing. Like I, 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 I get where it's going at. I don't know who it's truly marketing for i mean really who is i mean you're gonna use 8k is a gimmick i feel like in the sense of like you know you really i don't think it's a gimmick i think it's future proofing well i mean it's it's a gimmicky thing in the sense of like a lot of people watch their fucking shit on their phones you can't really tell the difference i can't tell the difference in 1080 and fucking 4k on my phone or 1080 or 4k and 8k on my phone you know what i mean if i was watching that shit yeah, but like, if you put HDR, there's a difference. Oh yeah, but at the same time, like I'm just saying, in a, in a sense, like no one's really no who's really gonna know average consumer wise, in just digesting YouTube videos every day, who's really gonna know besides the people that really watch in a sense, like who are pe- pixel peeping and all that shit. I don't know, man. Like I just feel like it's a gimmick in the sense of like, again, no one can really edit 8K unless you have a fucking high end computer. No one can really like you know. I don't know. I'm just fucking like. I don't need 8K. 8K is not 8K is future proof, but like, give me a few years before you fucking shove it down my throat more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? If they uh, honestly, I sh- I think they shouldn't uh, market 8K right now. I honestly think they would. Uh, in this case, they should market HDR more, Dol- Dol- Dolby Vision more, because we see that more in TVs and on phones more. That's the thing, because yeah. that that's the one that makes a difference. Because you could look at on, you can look at HDR on your phone versus looking at something in SDR, mm. and it, there's a humongous difference in quality. Here's here's also my like slight gripe about shit too. We went from 4K to 5K, but 5K came and went like H.265 is, and is all about 6K and 8K. I think 6K, 6K has the second obviously the second longest lifespan besides 4K. But, like, it's not as much talked about anymore as now 4K and 8, uh, 8K is, in a sense. I mean, yeah, you had the yeah, S35 6- and the, uh, you know, S635, you know, Zcam. Uh, um, and then you have the S1H. Yeah, S1H. But still, like, I feel like 6K is on the DL of a lot of and things. And the Pocket 6K as well. Yeah, I mean, but, like, again, like, again, who can really edit 6K also, too? <laughs> Uh, a lot of computers can. I mean, I mean, a lot of computers can, but again, who, then again, who can really fucking just edit 8K? How many computers? A lot. <laughs> like but, I said, a lot. Yeah, uh, I said 8K though, not 4K. I mean, that's 6K. Oh, 8K? Nah, yeah. not really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, especially in raw, especially in raw and uh, and ProRes, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, you're, I think you're pushing it sometimes with certain. Uh, PCs yeah 6k 6k uh 6k raw and uh and prores you can definitely do it uh, most computers out there now yeah so but yeah um the thing is like i said i don't uh with all this uh, with all that well these resolutions i think people should be more looking at hdr than 
resolutions, honestly. Yeah. HDR makes a difference in the image quality more than that, and, in my personal opinion. It's all colors. Even, That's the even that, too, like, if you look at, like, your C200 can shoot HDR, technically, because it can have that 2020 color space. Um, and, like, the C300 mm-hmm. Mark III, obviously. Those those cameras can. Like, obviously, cinema cameras in that nature yeah. shoot yeah, that 2020 that. space now. Yes, yeah, so does the S1H yeah. can do it too. The uh, now these cameras can do it now. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, there's only a certain like. There's also like I feel like too like there's only a certain amount I can take where it starts looking fake to me. Where I'm like, that's too much shit. Like my eyes well, don't see HDR that. Well, HDR isn't fake. It's just colors. No, I know it's colors, but I'm saying it's. I'm saying you're gonna get to a uh, area where just everything feels oversaturated and over fucking like HDR. Also has that blending where you're getting the shadows and the highlights, and I'm like, sometimes it looks too. It looks fake in the sense of like that's not how my eyes no, are seeing no, it. No, no, no. Uh, so uh, how HDR works is. Yeah, it's based on highlights and shadows, but it's able to see the difference between some shadows and highlights. Yeah. It's not about brightness or darkness. It's about, um, like, okay, let me give you an example. The Mandalorian. Yeah. When you watch The Mandalorian, there's this scene where, uh, where all the, where all the, uh, the other, um, the other, uh, um, guys are there, the other Mandalorians mm-hmm. are there. And basically, uh, they're they're in this pitch black area yeah to some people that looks like a really dark area mm-hmm. in some screens now now not anymore because most people have uh 4k hdr yeah. tvs um as of uh about earlier this year they have they have uh, almost like 75 percent of of uh the world has 4k hdr tvs now but if you watch that show Mm-hmm. And you see that dark scene. Yeah. You can actually differentiate between all the shadows, like the brightness and the darkness between each one of them in that dark area. You can actually see them with the, these kind of can, uh, with these kind of uh, um, TVs and and phones and everything like that. So you can actually tell a difference. It's not about brightness and darkness. It's about being able to see certain exposures and all that mm-hmm. in levels. So it's not about being fake. It's more of like actually seeing things that we can never see before in an image. That's, that's what it's about. Gotcha. So yeah, it's not like over exaggerated. I mean, stuff. it's finding stuff. I, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, also, I don't know. I'll, I'm not going to say it. I'll just, I'll hold on to it for another time and, and say on another podcast, if I remember, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's fine. No, it's just that I I I just think people should look more to HDR well, more than I, resolution. I, here's here's my little vent and not vent, but like not gripe either, but like just artistically coming from it, HDR is more of a techn- technology based thing. And if you look at like the cinematography of old and like all that shit too, like the boosting of the highlights and the shadows and that stuff. Maybe I'm just because I'm not looking at it exactly through a screen to understand more. I mean, I've seen HDR shit, but like, I feel like using HDR is kind of taking away from the craft of a cinematographer in the sense of the art form of it. It's another, yes, it's another form of art, you would say, but it's more of a technology, technological thing than it is an art craft thing where, you know, if you look at like old films, like, you know, the Godfather or like with Gordon Willis's fucking cinematography, 
it there's these beautiful dark images that you don't see, but it's just it's beautifully shot to where it's just a no. beautiful craft. Well, okay, to counteract that, I don't think it's about the art. I think it's more of like the time that it needs to film on certain things, the times on set, the amount of like uh like for instance, uh let's let's uh, let me give you an example. We have uh oh shit, there's an issue with our with our light mm-hmm. that's happening right now. Um oh, well, we don't have time. HDR will uh, will help fix it. But that's the because whole most, that's the whole thing about fix it and post that everyone hates about. Like don't like that's yeah, like yeah, the worst but, fucking but HDR thing to does have. Fix stuff though. You have more but again, that's, you have the flexibility overall but, but it's get, like those moments you are you taking away from you are taking away from the you are taking away from the art craft of it then you are then well i mean if you have no time to like if you're in like those time uh instances you can't fix it you have no choice but to but to deal with what you have and that's what i'm saying it's like a way to help it's a helping tool yeah that's how i look at hdr it's more of a helping tool because not everybody gets everything perfect. And yes, the artistic value is there, but then you're looking at bigger budgets that actually know and actually have people that is are experienced in those crafts and everything like that. That's the difference too. We're talking when you talk about it through like us guys that mm-hmm. are actually doing like these kind of shot shoots that don't have that luxury in yeah. any case, you're going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. There's always going to go, be something wrong on set. How do you fix them if you don't have time sometimes? That's where HDR comes in. It helps a lot with those kind of issues. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, basically make it look better when you finally do the final product of it. That's why I think we should push more HDR than resolution. That's the problem, I think. Hmm. Well, I mean... Uh- they they probably will. I mean, honestly, because they have to slow down, again. They have to slow down the resolution race too. Because yeah. your eyes, your more, eyes can only see what more HDR like, than resolution. In well, my yeah. opinion, and also your eyes can only see up to a certain resolution. Technically, anyway, like you, uh, again, yeah. after you go past what, like I think it's sixteen, you can't really see. You can't really fucking do anything else about that. And even then, right. again, also the because right. and also the HDR fucking thing go like even that will go to a certain has to go to a certain extent too so they need to find their next game yeah but we're still in the infant stages of that that's the coolest part so there's more room to grow on hdr because there are things that we can't see on 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 like cameras and scenes that we can't see in 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 highlights and shadows and all that it it just improves the image overall Mm -hmm. so that's why i think hdr should be more you know it's still in its infant stage do you want to know the first Real-time HDR camera was what year? What? Take a guess. Let's see if you know this. Now, is this of that HDR that we seen back in to the early NAB days, though? Because that's different from now today's HDR. Well, it's, yeah, obviously it's grown, but at the same time, the first real-time HDR camera combining two successfully or simultaneously captured images was in February and April of 1990. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're at like new codecs and stuff. Yeah. So but anyways, yeah, we yeah. we spend too much time on this subject. I think. Uh, let's let's move on to the, to the next two, and then we're pretty much going to go to our main episode. Sorry, guys, we always do this. <laughs> well, Mark does this. I don't. I just listen. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, next one is the Sigma FP. Has some new updates. 
uh, including raw, uh, 120 frame uh, frames per second ProRes raw. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the camera no one really talks about. <laughs> no, no, nobody really talks about this. Camera, I don't think anyone yeah. cares about this camera because it's just. I feel like it's just. It's just there. It looks like a phone. Like it doesn't. I, I don't know. I'm just fucking a phone. It looks like a phone. It's as small as a fucking phone, dude. I would put it more on a point and shoot, but yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's more like lengthwise. I mean, yeah, it's a point and shoot also. It looks like a Sony camera. Yeah, I don't know how this it, camera's doing. <laughs> it looks like a, a A6300 or yeah. a A5100. That's what it looks like to me. It, yeah. Because it, it looks like the same exact body except smaller. Doesn't really, this camera never excited me actually, to be honest. Um, I think it's cool though that there is an option though that you can have uh, the the one thing that it's uh that people are uh it, that talk about the most about it it's mm. this world's it's the world's str- uh, smallest camera that can do ProRes raw and or any raw recording in general if for its size that can do 120 frames in 4K. Wow, I'm sorry, in HD, in HD. It's the only HD 120 frame uh, camera that can do ProRes RAW in this size. It's the only one in the world. Now, you still have to go through a, a Ninja 5 in order to do that. So it kind of destroys the whole I mean, entire... The Ninja, 5, the Ninja 5 is bigger than this thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, in, in a way, it kind of dis- defeats the purpose of it being that small yeah. because of that Ninja 5. But I mean, it's pretty cool. That means that you can uh, mount it on cameras and stuff, or that really, or cars, yeah, to do that really slow motion, or on helicopters and stuff. That it's not too big or lug to like mount. It's it's really light too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it, that that's that's a pretty. Uh, I, I I honestly would say that's in that's pretty genius for uh, for a feature, like. It's it's definitely a specific camera made for a specific reason, mm-hmm. which I I see it more in bigger movies though that they're going to use these kind of cameras, like instead of GoPros for instance. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, well, also they use a lot of the micro uh, Blackmagic micro cameras as well too. I've yeah, seen. but this this is on uh, this is definitely a better choice now. I honestly think. Yeah, for like, Hollywood-based I, movies because I can see they, that. they're used to raw. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can honestly see this replacing GoPros now. But that's the only reason. I mean, don't hold your horses, but I I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's the smartest thing, I think, if you're trying to get everything to look a certain way with the certain quality you want. It's the only camera that can do it at that s- small thing. And uh, that I think it's it's smarter for a cinematographer to use that for a big Hollywood film. Oh, yeah. That's what I think because uh, it's just it's the right specs because you we weren't able to get that before is the thing. Now it's available. True. Um. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a camera that not many people thought about though. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the back of their heads, at least. No, not at all. It's it's a very weird camera. <laughs> it's a fucking weird fucking camera, is right? It's it's just a small camera. I think that's just it. It's it's small. It's, that's yeah. all. That's yeah. it's meant for a certain 
reason. With not a lot it's, of the reason is not ours, though. No, not at all. Um, but other than that, the next one is a pretty awesome one, but this could also spark a controversy in its own right, because there has been controversies in its own right. Um, so Automos Adam, I always I don't know if I always say that their name correctly. Atomos, Automos, Tomato Tomato, you know. Thomas. Uh Atomos and Zcam enable 12-bit 5.8K Apple Pro as RAW over HDMI. For which camera? For the S6, the F8, and the F6. Well, I just go straight 6K. <laughs> At ProRes 6K. <laughs> like why I don't know if I don't know if that's like a, a limitation on the codec itself. Maybe. Or maybe on through HDMI they only go through a certain amount too. Yeah, they could. Yeah, like I said, lim- limited limitations on the codec or something. Yeah. Which um, that codec 12, needs to get 12 into bit, I was gonna say 12 that, bit. I was gonna say that codec needs to get into more hands of more cameras also. Yeah, I mean, but it's pretty cool that it's on Zcam. Though. No, no, it is. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not dissuading that. I'm. I'm saying just the Apple ProRes needs to get into more cameras in general, because I feel like it just yeah. ProRes raw. Sorry, needs to get in more cameras because it's just it just it's it feel like the growth of it's stagnant. And I'm not. And I I'm I might. I'm saying that because like yeah, it's in Zcam. Zcam, which is great. It's in Nikon. Great. And it's in a handful of other cameras, but it needs like to grow more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's a good array of cameras that have it well, already. Yeah, but I mean, it should be in the C300 Mark III. If it's in the C, it's in the C300 Mark II. It's in the C500. It's not in the C500 Mark II. It's not in the C500 Mark III. It should be in those cameras as well. You know, I, 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 it could be like a licensing issue right now too. I guess. Like, I mean, I don't know, but again, I think it should just be more fucking. It should be more open to other cameras. I think other camera companies should be uh, allowing that camera flavor codec to come in. Yeah, because it it seems like a popular codec right now. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, but also that. Yeah, and oh, go ahead. Was, no, but, no, go ahead. Go I was ahead. gonna say, but like also, it seems like a popular codec because a lot of the people that you watch probably have those cameras that enable it. So like again, it's popular because they're using those cameras, not because it's in other cameras. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah, all. I mean, that, it, it's, rant over. Well, I'm a, I'm on one. <laughs> um. But to segue to another codec that got announced, yes, the H.266 codec has been announced. So I don't know if you've done your research, but I'll I'll give you like the very big the the basic outlook of it. So H.264, H.265, mostly H.264 has been a codec that we've been using for years on the web. It's yeah. been used since uh, the early. You know, like middles of the 2000s era all the way till now right and, it's been yeah. a norm it's it's it, it sucks on nles by the way it uh it it's really causes like issues on your nle so you have to like convert it and stuff but it still works you know and it's been uh, uh, a really f- a small file size that's the main thing that was made h264 a very popular codec now here's the thing H.266 is supposed to be 
even more than 264 in terms of what its codec can retain in quality, but also in file sizes as well. Mm-hmm. They're stating that a, I believe it's a 90 minute film that's recorded straight, right? Mm-hmm. If it's like a one take or something, yeah. like, I don't know. A 90 minute film, usually on H264 when rendered out, usually takes about 10 gigs in total at the highest bit rate and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Now, H266 does the same, if you do the same rendering off of its codec, brings it down to 5 gigs. Holy That's a major data difference, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That so insane. that's what they're claiming. And the funny thing is, we talked about this earlier today when we were texting each other. But H.265 uh, is probably the cl- the the quickest fucking codec that I've ever seen actually implemented into use. Finally, like last year or two years ago, and is gone already. Like it was. Talk- I don't think it's gone. It's. I don't uh, think it's, it's a. It's I don't think gone. it's a gone option. Well, no, no. I here's the reason. H.265 is a bigger is a bigger file size codec than 264. Yeah. There's a reason though, uh, because it can retain 422 10-bit way better. Gotcha. Almost as good as a ProRes. But isn't like H.266 going to do that too? No. No? It's uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be an exporting codec. Okay, gotcha. That's the difference, yeah. While H.265 is a actual recording codec that can do those uh, those for 10 bit quality so i don't think i think h265 it will probably be in t- implemented as the recording mm-hmm. feature and then h266 is the exporting gotcha. so they're we're probably going to have a new standard gotcha pretty interesting though right interesting 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 also by the way which i just found out i don't know if you saw this yet but atmos requires support 4k 10 bit 422 output from the eos r5 and r6 that means you can do apple pro res and uh, DNXA videos up to 60 frames on those cameras. Okay. No, no word on ProRes RAW yet. Interesting. So keep that in mind. Now, you have news. I do. So um, I, I have a new friend on Facebook. Uh, don't I've been getting a lot of friend notifications lately in like the last 24 hours. I don't know how, but this uh, guy, I apologize if I butcher names. Uh, it's a common occurrence on the podcast because I can't pronounce shit. Um, but Habib Rashad, uh, he has a YouTube channel called CreateTube, C-R-E-A-T-U-B-E. Um, that's CreateTube. Uh, he posted a video about this new XP6K Blackmagic Cinema Camera, which was a concept... Uh, design from another YouTuber that he saw earlier today, I guess, or, or, or whenever, by uh, A Run. It's A R U N H R D S N, and this is their his this guy's design for a conceptual idea of the Extreme Pro 6K Blackmagic design camera. I saw this video, and I will link this in the description uh, with um, both Habib's Create Tube and. Uh, the A run, I'm going to just say A run HR DSN videos so you guys can see both if you want, whatever you want to do. Um, 
But the concept's great. I'm going to show this to Mark right now. So you guys won't really see what we're seeing. But again, if you click on the link, and I shared it on the Facebook page, on the Jason Frame page, Facebook page. So please, if you're not a fan of that page, by the way, please like it because we share a lot of things on that. And obviously the podcast and some articles that we see as well, too. So I'm going to show this to Mark right now. So give me a second. So uh, we will briefly pause. So there you have it, Mark. That's that. This concept for the Extreme Pro 6K. I think it's sexy as shit. What do you think? It's like a, it's like a complete uh, Z cam. <laughs> it's also like a red too. If you really want to get into it too, like it, it looks like a red, and it has like the idea of an Alexa as well, like an Alexa Mini. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, it has a Z. It has like that Z cam look too, I guess, but it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. So it's got that I that like what I like about this too is like just the fucking like the two P taps right there. <laughs> like and there's two P taps on the camera. I'm like, please give me that and give me like interchangeable lens mounts and all this other shit. Like it looks it looks like something I would totally buy this. If this was like the concept design, I would totally waste my money and buy this. <laughs> like to be honest. Yeah, I would have to see the image quality. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I've always, I've always been. The thing is, like, l- like I think for the last few years, I've, I've been, um, I haven't really liked Blackmagic's look mm. that much for the yeah. last few years. I just don't like their color science. I guess is my problem. Mm. Um, but like, I would have to see yeah. if they, if they improved the color science, then I'd probably be a, a go, go, like gung ho for yeah. it. But. It, it depends. And also, too, just to throw this out there, too, this guy isn't also, he's also designing like the, a new, like, fucking the viewfinder. So, like, I don't know if you know this, but like that viewfinder that you saw has been, um, it's from that longer piece one. And I think Wooden Camera does it where, like, you would, people were taking that off and just putting the viewfinder by itself and kind of refiguring it for the, for the fucking black magic. So, if this is, if they redesigned that fucking. Uh, viewfinder that'd be fucking dope too. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting and sexy fucking camera looking thing. So I was like, I need to show this to Mark, see what he thinks. Yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely it looks like a a, a completed uh, like it has like the monitor, it has the has the battery, it has the viewfinder. Like that's more than any of the Z cams can do. Oh yeah, and <laughs> it has the handle yeah, and, and all a lot that. more it buttons comes with too. All, that, right? like, all those buttons too. It's like, oh shit! Like, look at that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting looking camera. So, yeah. yeah. If I saw this at NAB next year, I would, I would literally be like, Mark, I'm stealing this. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> So, all right, that's that's all. But again, thank you, uh, Habib uh, and Create Tube, for for uh, showing that on the Facebook filmmaking page. Thank you, man, or thank you both. Sorry, well, <laughs> he is he is uh, he is Create Tube. So you can say thank you to him. <laughs> you need to say, uh, oh, okay. Thank you, thank yeah. you. That was that was some very interesting insights on what Black Magic has in yep. mind for concept. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, you are correct. Thank you to the other guy who co- created it. Thank you to Habib for sharing it. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot of, like, <laughs> levels of people I have to thank. Oh, man. It's, it's just a lot of information overall, though. Yeah, it's too. <laughs>
Yeah, we're, we're, we're just bombarded by information lately. We are bombarded <laughs> of information. So, Well, yeah. other than that, let's go on to our main podcast now. The actual vlogcast. The actual vlog part of the vlogcast. Yeah, yeah. The vlog part of the uh, vlogcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know what's crazy, John? What's crazy, You know what's Mark? always been on my mind? What's been on your mind? How much we organize, right? Oh, yes. Organization is key. Like it DJ Khaled would say. You, it's just great to open up your hard drive. Look at look at the file structure. Look at your folders and just go, I know where everything is. Yes. <laughs> I know everything's labeled. Yes. And this is where I honestly think it's very important for uh, all of us as individuals when we're working on the field to have everything labeled correctly and to be uh, put in folders and everything that's based on organization. So today on this episode, we are mainly going to be talking about what should be provided in post-production and what's important in those fields. Mm-hmm. Some things that people don't normally talk about on in in most cases because it's very like it's a tedious subject, I think. It's like a subject that like people like to avoid because they like to go more into the camera and filming and and the types of jobs that's being do- done in the field, right? Yeah. Nobody really likes to talk about what DITs do. <laughs> Or, or anything in that matter, you know, that relates to post-production, which is like file organization and structuring. Yeah. Which I think is a, it's a good time to start talking about that and let's, what would help in this case. It sounds like one of those things where like, we need to talk about this, so let's talk about it. Like, let's just open the floodgates. <laughs> but we, we could talk... Um, you, it's like that whole alcoholic uh, yeah, kind of like, thing. I feel, like, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you said this, I was in AA, and I've never been to AA before. But just watching videos of pe- like movies, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I was in AA meeting. Hi, I'm John. But I, Hi, I'm not, John. I'm here, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope I hope no like people who are in AA are thinking I'm making fun of them. I'm not. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just making no, fun no, of we're Mark. Not, we're, making we're fun just... of Mark for ma- trying to be AA for a second, or be any anonymous situational uh, fucking uh, place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it does seem like that for sure. Okay, so you might. Um, oh, so uh, John, yes. in this case, uh, let's start with you as an editor. Mm-hmm. What do you think is? I uh, let's let's put this as a top five list of things that you would consider to be, um, something that would help an editor overall, and you uh, most people would should think about the most when they're doing. Any file structuring, anything that's related outside of the edit. Well, um, I think I mentioned this in that uh, that video where I did with uh, the live edit video on YouTube. You can see that on YouTube right now on the Chasing Frame YouTube. Um, but basically, how I like to do things is let, let's we're gonna do a fictional project from A to the Z, and I know this is terrible to try to do it through audio based. Uh, listening. <laughs> so bear in mind. Try to remember. Write it down if you want to. I don't even fucking. I'm not even writing this down. I have pen and paper by me. So this is gonna be even funnier. So let's call this movie called uh, Frame Chaser. We'll call it Frame Chaser the movie. Right? Easy. So oh, we start. Howard. What? Thank you. So we start <laughs> with we start with a master 
folder called frame chaser, right? And that's where we begin. So in that frame chaser folder, we'll start with, this is also dependent on the project because again, it can change the way you do it as well. Like this is a movie. So in, and also no right way to do anything. It's just the organizational ideas of what we're saying. You can take it with a grain of salt, by the way, we should preface with that also. Or you can go, I like what they did. I like what they're, what they're talking about. Maybe I'll implement that as well. Or I'll just kind of, and I'll change it around a little bit to my flavor of stuff. So again, going back to the movie Frame Chaser, we have this master folder. Inside Frame Chaser, you have a folder called Project Files. That's where every project file will live in that folder. So every scratch disk is basic. The scratch disks are all, the scratch disk are all sent to that project file folder. And if it's, even if it's a, it's in, sorry, Premiere, it goes there. If it's Final Cut, the library goes in the project file folder. So then let's go back to that root folder, frame chaser folder. We have our project file folder. Next, we'll have audio. Okay. So we'll put in our audio. Well, yes. I guess like not a step by step, oh. but like more like, like what would you say is the top five things in, uh, like, I guess what I'm asking is, what are the top five things for an editor when you're delivering like something uh, to the matter, like in in general, broad terms? Well, just fucking organizing, not- like I've been I was talking about, basically <laughs> organizing. That's the that's the key, and having all the fucking shit you need as well. As long as all that shit that you have is on the drive, then you're you're good, and it's organized, and you know where everything is. That's good too. If you have the script, uh, that's another important piece as well. Um, I personally like to. Uh, print out the script or have the script in hand instead of putting it on my computer because I like to use two screens and utilize them at the same time and I don't want to like minimize the screen then go back and all that shit. I need a third screen, obviously then. Right. Um, <laughs> another thing too is like if people give you notes, I like the I personally like to print out notes again, like going back to the script idea and I like to also check off my notes and at least scratch them off. Uh, so in this case, if somebody uh, offers you a hard drive, what do yeah. you expect the most like what do you want them to to help you the most out if it's just a general uh like antic let's say we're we're dealing with the the a group of people that you've never worked with with before right and this is your first time working with them if you want to have like a standardized like regulation on this what would be like those standards that you think would be would help a lot in this case when handed a drive and getting ready for a file structure. And, and I guess the last part being, um, what would, what do you do to do your final like structuring, uh, when you're done with the project as well? Well, I can see this going two ways because I'm very anal about how I structure things. So if they literally (laughs) just threw everything into one file, like, or one folder, I'd fucking re restructure it to my liking personally. But if, if need be, I also tell them like, Hey, this is how I like my structure. So at least I can find everything, especially like, like, um, don't give me the dates of what you shot. Give me the scenes of what you shot. So everything should go into a scene folder. That's how I like it. I don't know how everyone else likes it. Some people probably like how, you know, cause like in date folders instead. It depends on how the person is. So again, like I said earlier, everything is up in the air. Everything is basically how you feel comfortable with. Okay. Um, 
I think one of the the things for as well for editing, uh, like what I think is pretty awesome, what people should do more often is when you when you film on set and on dates, like make sure to organize things right on the spot too. Yeah. Like if you're gonna ju- dump everything, please dump it into the hard drives as soon as possible. But organize them yeah. and of course label them. Yes, it does. It, it doesn't take as much time as people think it does, and it'll save you all the time in the long run, especially when you deliver it to an editor like John, for yeah. instance. And when you mean label, you don't mean label the file. You mean label the folder, right? Yeah, label the folder. Because, make sure that yeah. it's the right folder for what it is and what scene it is and yeah. what what type of uh, what type of shot or not type of shot, but what ty- what type of scene it is, what what's happening in the scene and stuff like that, basically. Yeah, and and also as well too, like uh, going back to how I edit a little bit as well. I don't want my you know the file names changed at all because I'll change them in Premiere as in itself because sometimes what i like to do depending on how lazy i am or how i would like you know ready to go i am is when i'm in a scene i have my audio and footage separate but i also like to make them like i merge those two clips together to get know what they are and i rename it that way so i rename the scenes to know which one's gonna line up so i listen to it i check this shit out and i rename them and then i'll merge them and then from there i put them in a way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Yeah. So organization is just key when giving uh, an editor some footage and all that. Just remember also keep your audio in the same areas of that scene. Keep your audio in the same like folders of that scene. Just organize. Basically, if you have to make subcategory folders, do it. Just keep making subfolders uh, just so that it's much easier to find things and it's much easier for an editor to actually read it properly we've have been dealing with uh some like projects out there over the years that have these issues where everything is everywhere and it's hard to find things very true and and it 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 makes us less productive and efficient in speed and 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 uh basically like turnover time to give you these products overall if everything's not struct- structured uh, in an organized fashion, basically. Mm-hmm. It's always important to have like these moments. So if you don't have a DIT on set or anything, you have a producer, have a, a PA help out, you know, because they, they want to learn that stuff anyways, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah, and that makes sense for a PA to help out because they want to grow. Also, they don't. Some of them people don't want to be a PA forever. You know, they want to be. They want to take the next step. So, mentor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be 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 a good mentor. Don't be a boss. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, that's really makes sense, Mark. That make that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because if you're a boss and you, do, I mean, not like a boss as in like you know, yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the boss. No, no. Don't be that uh, stuck-up asshole that's basically just giving barking orders and not letting, not guiding people into what they should do and everything, because then you're just gonna have people <laughs> leaving you. It happens. Yeah, very true. But okay, 
uh anything that you do that that you could give advice to with uh from editors if they have to when they're doing exports or anything that's more organized for file structures or anything put it in an exports folder <laughs> put all your <laughs> exports in an export folder and then also label it with dates as well mm-hmm. okay and, and like what I do now is I label the date, the whole date. I don't put like, you know, 720, I'll put 72020 or like 2020, like not the, like the whole date of seven, mm. like, you know? So like, so very literal. Yeah. Very literal. Like six, like six fifteen twenty twenty, 2020 draft. one. And then I, then that's the, I know it's the first draft. Cause if, then I'll go back and I do that with my sequences now too. I'll, I'll label it with the date and the draft number. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. Because then, like, if, see, I don't yeah. even know that. Yeah, because if you like think about it this way, if you go back and I'm like, wait, which one is it again? What was my last one? Shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I started doing that because I was do I, I did that for a Diaz film when I was working on her edits for that because I was like, oh my god, new notes. I had to remember. I had to like just make a duplicate, date it again. And I'm good. Okay. So hear that, guys. So make sure to always. Uh, to whenever you're always make an export folder. Yep. Always put the dates right. Um always of course put what type of name it is and everything like that. Be as detailed as possible with your with your file structure. Of course, don't be like super detailed to the point where it like covers the whole entire yeah. <laughs> and you can't screen and it can't fit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> what do you know what happened? I, I I tried transferring a file once to my from um I guess a a Mac to a PC or whatever the files were to another thing and I said it can't take the file because it's too long and I was like what <laughs> the file name is the so file name was too long way too long yeah I was like whoa how is that possible <laughs> I don't know um surprises every day that's why i have to say yeah i've never heard of that before until he told me about it and i was like wait that can happen <laughs> yeah it's really weird i was like um yeah i'm just gonna go home now and just this is like a full paragraph <laughs> i guess so like lots of underscores and shit like that you know the whole thing oh yeah that's that's a pain on its own yeah so there's that yeah all right well Anything else you want to you want to add to that to help other people when they're trying to give edits or they're trying to give hard drives or uh, exporting edits and all that? You know, anything outside the editing? You know, I think it's going to be easier to discuss this honestly, uh, and not and not to sound like I, I'm not prepared, but I mean, it's harder harder to uh, discuss it via audio. And I think what will be help, more helpful is if we did a video on this, a video series on organization, and really broke down everything that we could think of of what would make a good like perfect uh you know thing a perfect project folder for someone okay um i think that would be better okay well i was gonna go to now what i i would do do for what what do you think what do you think that's that's my uh, there's my counterpoint to you well now i was gonna get into actually uh a colorist Yes. What to provide to a colorist in preparation and for um, receiving from a colorist as mm-hmm. well. So th- that's what I was trying to get into. So like you're receiving as an editor and uh, and 
distributing as an editor, basically. Yeah. So here is the what I think is the most important when giving to a, a, a colorist in general. And this is not just from an editor. This is from everybody else as well, including like the cinematographer. Yep. Uh, um, anything. It goes all the way back to the full chain of it. As cinematographers, please, please, please. If you want the best image quality, I would re- highly recommend this. A colorist works with log footage. Always shoot with log. Now, preferably, we would want log in 10-bit. If you have to do 8-bit, that's fine, too. But just remember, there's always some uh, some issues that happen when you provide 8-bit footage to a colorist. 8-bit footage does uh, are susceptible to, uh, basically, color banding issues, um, issues with color, uh, with, is- like, basically issues with, uh, with gr- like, possible noise um some artifacts in the image and stuff like that you can't really push 8-bit that much now 10-bit is what uh can really be pushed like crazy there's a lot of cameras now that can shoot in 10-bit so just keep in mind just always shoot and log it will help you in the long run it will make us make your footage look pristine clean um next thing i like it (laughs) um Next thing I uh, I would recommend as well, please shoot at a proper exposure. What I mean by proper exposure <laughs> um, is please don't underexpose. Never underexpose, ever. The reason being it's better to uh, overexpose by one one stop. The only reason is to retain a clean image in the shadows, having something that's overexposed in the shadows is easier to fix than it is to uh, to bring up something from uh, an underexposed image in shadows. I've dealt with it hundreds of times. I've realized that anything that's overexposed a little bit, not too far, of course, but overexposed can actually be retained and actually be saved more than an average thing so keep that in mind always keep the uh what we call the ettr in mind which is exposed to the right did you know i watched the video about that today and i had to send you some stuff because i was very fascinated by what people were saying about that because about how it's more of a photography thing than a cinematography thing yeah but in color it's a major thing yeah <laughs> definitely well i mean yeah i'll send you the video when we get a chance but okay yeah yeah but in most cases please 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 overexpose by at least by one stop if you if you or just um just properly exposed like just right in the middle if you can go right in the middle if you can't overexpose by one stop i guarantee you it will it will save your film overall so that's one thing. Um, also, when you when you give, there is a certain way you can do these things called round tripping. That's a that's a whole technical um, aspect of delivering to from an editor to a uh, to a colorist. Um, do your research about it if you want. Uh, I the one thing is round tripping is the most important process to delivering footage 
from a from a project of another uh nle to another nle in this case and that's the thing like uh most colorists use davinci resolve as their coloring uh preferred coloring spree some people use final cut pro um or, or and some people uh like the big wigs actually use uh one called uh nuke so nuke is like the the hollywood standard i believe for colorist um for for most colorists though outside of like big budget films and stuff like that it's davinci resolve and you know davinci resolve is still used on on big hits like uh deadpool and stuff like that still you know so it's not like uh davinci resolve is not an industry standard if anything it is an industry standard but just keep in mind there's premiere there's people that use premiere there's people that use avid media composer there's people that use premiere or uh final cut pro more than likely any colors that you meet will be using resolve that is like a unanimous thing. So just keep that in mind. Uh, it's there's more of those kind of guys out there. So you, please learn resolve round tripping. Uh, so it's uh, that. So look that up on YouTube or something. Uh, resolve round tripping is a big thing. So keep so try and learn that it will save your life when dealing with a colorist and you'll get the best images from that as well. Um. As for that, that's pretty much it. I could probably make a whole series about this, honestly. <laughs> of like of just like col- colorist things that you must be prepared for, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we should. I think I think we should. I think when when this is all said and done, there's a lot of things we need to uh, do. I think in the future, and uh, that is probably one of them that we should we should really aim for. Hmm. Especially since I've done, I've been around it uh, for a while now. Yeah, uh, I think I've got a good amount of years on it now. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, let's uh, like, oh, uh, let's see what happened to our lives, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, skedaddle. We'll all be dead <laughs> by November. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um. So, what's up with you, man? Uh, you know, still looking for a house. Um. Me and my girlfriend are looking oh, for yeah. a house. Did we did we did you talk about that last No, but podcast? now 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 I will. Uh me and my girlfriend if if I haven't talked about it on the last podcast, me and my girlfriend are looking for a house at the moment. So um yeah, we're just looking for something and uh still looking. Um I kinda want four bedrooms, she wants three bedrooms. Um but yeah, still but looking. there's a reason why you want four. <laughs> well no, even with three bedrooms I can still have a studio space. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I'm more or less thinking future proof of the idea of like, if we like, let's just like, it's not like, I, I mean, we're not married or anything, but the idea of uh, we're staying together and if we have like two kids, like if we have three bedroom house, like, where am I going to work out of? You know what I mean? Where am I, as I need yeah. an office. And then if we have four bedrooms, it just makes sense. Cause then at least it's, Two two bedrooms kind of taken care of, and then a fourth one at least for me to work out of. So that's that's yeah. that's why I'm thinking of, of that in that regard because I'm like that that's the reason. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to make a YouTube studio uh, out of that one bed uh, one of the bedrooms. Uh, so basically, uh, I I would 
personally, because I'll tell you, I mean, well, I'll think about it, but basically, the desk I have in my room right now is an L desk. I totally get rid of that. I get a stand-up desk that I can sit down and stand up for. Um, kind of re redo everything also and really make it a really cool, interesting office studio space to shoot a lot more videos and do a lot more content. I think that's that's the key here because in my room right now, it's like a mess, like always, and I... I I'm second guessing my not second guessing myself, but I'm I don't like I don't like the idea of like shooting and my fucking shit's a mess and I don't want and I'm too lazy to clean up at the moment. So it's like how is it gonna be different in the other place? I'm like I am because I'm gonna have everything more organized <laughs> and everything will be cluttered because I I have no room. My bed takes up like three fourths of my ro- like room. That's true. Like. So that's true. I have no room to really move around or do anything as well too. So there's a lot like that's that's the main thing gonna when we get that going and hopefully you know one thing at a time get the get the office going get the or office studio going and then from there slowly get some more shit going and then we'll go from there how about you yep what's new with you man there's a lot (laughs) you 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 probably you you probably seen it like all the shit i've been doing like it's been a lot Mm -hmm. yeah like uh i just finished so I did a lot for Otaku IRL. Yeah. Um, uh, we uh, I just was a part of uh, another uh, virtual convention. These are these are starting to pile up, man. There's there's another one coming up again. Jesus by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we're not doing anything for that one. So, um, but uh, we we were just part of the Pretend Anime Expo. If you don't know, Anime Expo is the biggest um, Western. Uh, Ex, like basically convention in the world for anime related um things basically zebra uh, <laughs> um but uh what's crazy is uh we did that for a while uh for the, for the whole weekend uh which was the July 4th weekend uh it was really fun we hosted a, a no talk to IRL panel we did a whole bunch of streams to keep everybody entertained in the discord for it. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of work to do. Um, I, uh, on Otaku's thing, we have a live panel, uh, podcasts that's being released. We also have a, uh, um, a few other specials for the podcast that we have there, dude, we have no joke. You want to know how mu- how many episodes uh, we have of Otaku to IRL? Like in terms of like outside of our main episodes, like everything how all many? together. How many? Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen wow. episodes. Yeah, spending <laughs> out shit, man. Spending. Yeah, we've been uh, pushing them out, dude. Yeah, man, you probably are getting a lot more views now because of this, all these fucking um, conferences, dude. Oh my gosh, yes, we have. Uh, like our 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 average is about twelve. Oh, nice. That's gone up. Yeah, like twelve uh, a week. Nice. Yeah, like it was kind of surprising, and then of course, like our high, uh, like uh, like the last two or three of them have been like 22 listens oh wow nice yeah i know it's it's crazy like um yeah it's so otaku's 
doing pretty well. We 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 really are starting to try some new things too because mm-hmm. we wanted to do something different from other uh, anime based podcasts out there right now. Yeah. Uh, outside of just getting, we still don't have the studio set up and all that, but mm-hmm. like uh, we're we're trying to make do with what we have right now. Yeah. In our situation, uh, but we're but yeah, like John said, we're still working on both chasing the frame and no taku when it comes to that um we want to do something for uh both podcasts to finally merge for one thing oh the 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 christmas episode that we're talking about now in july well i mean it's christmas in july so let's i mean that's that's the only thing <laughs> i mean surprise everyone who actually listens to the vlogcast get ready for a christmas christmas episode but not now obviously just maybe in a few months yeah um yeah we're trying to think about doing something with that um it's not for sure yet but we're we're, we're working it out because uh it, it'll be a very interesting and pretty funny episode <laughs> if you really think about it yes it will be yes it will <laughs> oh by the um, way by the way i don't know if we told people this yet in the last episode of of things but we've actually we've reached over the thousand threshold of total plays yes have yay ten uh, ten thousand one thousand seventeen is the number at the moment so wow yeah that's a lot of listens i know and and it i mean shit we i mean we average what 12 also an episode so it's nothing too crazy yeah. but hey you know what that's more than i ever thought this fucking podcast we can so let's be honest yeah yeah, yeah. so we know at least 12 people an episode listen. So thank you to the 12 people that listen. We appreciate you. you. <laughs> and you're probably the only 12 people that have been consistent with the podcast. So again, thank you guys. And thank you to anyone who actually listens at all in general too. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this again. Uh, I feel like I need to also explain this one last time. Uh, maybe if I never explained this before, but the thesis or the hypothesis or the idea of this podcast, the idea of chasing the frame, the main show is not about, is about people who are trying to get to the next level, who are at the next level, who are, you know, who haven't done this yet, who are trying to do this, who want to follow their dreams and want to be following their dreams. Right. And the idea of that is, talking to these people who are following their dreams are in the industry is to give hope. It's to give hope to people that are listening who are also trying to follow their dreams as well and giving them the thought like, I can do this. I can do, if this person's having an issue, oh my God, I'm having the same issue. Oh my God, I can do this also. I can get through this. They, they are speaking to me in some weird way. If you guys can understand that, that then, then we're doing something right. And that's the main reason for this podcast is for people to hear people's stories, you know, because people are, are interesting beings and, you know, knowing who they are and knowing their struggle, knowing what their dreams are and trying to achieve these dreams is the most important thing because, again, you're trying to achieve your dreams by being a, a frame chaser, a.k.a. a filmmaker, actor, director, whatever you want to be, even an artist in general, like a musician, too. You can kind of relate somehow, you know, so... <laughs> There's, I just want to throw that out there because I feel like sometimes uh, people get lost in the idea of what this podcast is and the people that are on this show as well, too. So that's all. Yep. I agree. <laughs> and if anything, like we, like, like we always will reiterate overall, like, don't be discouraged. 
just keep going. Yeah. Like there, like with us, like at chasing the frame or just any, any type of work that we do, John and I, we, we work our hardest. We, we have somebody that, uh, we ha- we have our our ways of doing things like if anything like we're we feel like we're growing a little bit and and eventually we're going to get enough content to yeah. generate us something to in revenue of any type yeah i the mean thing is, yeah oh go ahead. oh i was going to say you know what we hit the 9 dollar mark in the in the in the advertisement wallet so i'll be <laughs> transparent about that too it took it took us a thousand listens but we hit 9 dollars so far 924 is our, is how much we made so far so there you go everyone we haven't made much and also again the only way we're doing these podcasts right now are are like interesting tidbits of what we're learning in the news in like movies and stuff like that and this vlogcast are extra things that we can do to keep the podcast rolling in a sense because I'm not too sure what's going to happen in the future about like when we run out of content at the end of the year because we have enough content to last us to the end of the year. But again, who the fuck knows what's going to happen January of next year? So we have yeah. to kind of be prepared. Also, there. I mean, I've been. I mean, I know it's like six months out, but like I'm also prepared to, you know, just take a break of all January if we need to, and then come back in February if anything. You know, I mean, there's a lot of fucking things I need to think about as well. So I, I just told you this for the first time, Mark. I, I, I would have brought it up privately, but at the same time, I'd rather just tell everyone. I mean, fuck it, like let them know my life story in a sense. You know, so um, yeah. This is, I mean, this, I mean, again, we have, again, we haven't recorded, so like, you know, I can't really improve myself as a host yet because, again, I haven't really been doing much in the last couple months. I think the last one was like. February when we recorded last or whatever it was, maybe March. I have no idea exactly, but still I can't improve yet because of that in that regard. But Hey, I can only do what I can. And I think we're doing a hell of a job and I don't care what anyone says because at the same time, it's my fucking show and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, um, we do have some, uh, we do have some uh, pretty exciting, like tidbit news because we we are transparent you know yeah we're trying to let everybody know that we're not we're not going to hide stuff from you guys we are working on somebody or we're not gonna but we're not gonna like blatantly like tell people like who or what you know it it is related to whatever we're doing and stuff right but we do have somebody in training right now that's going to be helping out with the with the podcast a little bit yep that's Um, exciting yep including uh this and otakus so it will it will help uh it'll help me in the long run because i i have a large workload and yeah mark <laughs> mark takes on more things a lot of times than he can he can muster <laughs> to be fair though it keeps me busy that's, that's true you sure. keeps you out of trouble <laughs> yeah yeah and plus it gives me a lot of experience yeah. which that's main thing that's what you guys want to do is you want to take as much and and in and consume as much experience as you can so that you can improve yourself you can find out your issues you can find out uh what what works and what's what's the ins and outs of things that's how i've learned to be really fast at editing exactly life life is all about experience that's what really makes you as a person experience Mm -hmm. so yeah there's doing it firsthand like a crazy uh a crazy person on crack though. <laughs> well, that's good. At least it's crack. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, that it's, 
it's it's always good though to take breaks. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie; it's been taking a toll on me lately. Uh, I'm not getting any younger either, and I I don't I think it's also because I'm out of shape as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's also but, your birthday next Friday, by the way. So let's say ha- oh, yeah. happy happy early birthday to you, Mark. Uh, so uh, I think you. what I think I think. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll, I, I don't know. We'll figure out something. But I, I was going to say like a, uh, I had no idea what I was going to say, but I was going to try to do like a special thing where we can, we, we can maybe give away a something. If, uh, if some, I don't know. I have no idea what to oh, give yeah, away yeah, right yeah, now, definitely. but, but yeah, I, we don't, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I have no idea. So no, it, never mind, everyone. That's out of the question <laughs> right now. Giving away something. <laughs> but when, when, when I get there, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll have something special. Oh, I did contact Brie Larson, by the way, to be on the podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. I John did. did talk to Brie, or he tried I, I, to contact. I, I messaged Brie her. Larson. Okay, let, one thing at a time. I messaged her. I messaged her, and yeah. she has not answered. If you me don't back know yet. who that is, that's uh, Captain Marvel herself from the Marvel movies. Yes, I mean I only messaged her because now she's doing YouTube. So I was like, hey, let me reach out to her because she was on Hot Ones recently, the Wing Show. Hot Ones, you ever see that? No. It's a really good show. Oh wait, yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've seen stuff about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. So Mike, let me just reach out to her. I have no, I have no expectations at all. But hey, I asked her to be on the one year show, so I was gonna be a surprise. But we're transparent. I'm transparent right now. I mean, I'll maybe we'll have thrown a surprise or two for the one year show. But right now, I'm trying to get Brie Larson. Let's just let's just be there. If anyone knows her, yeah. anyone listening to this who probably doesn't know her, tell her I want her on the show. <laughs> there you go. And we're still trying to get Neil Breen. <laughs> <laughs> who has You're not right. who has not he answered has, us. He hasn't answered us. I I uh, we have tweeted him every time, but he has ignored our calls. So if anyone knows Neil Bro. Breen, we would like to get him on because it's not about it's not about his filmmaking career. It's about how he got there and why he got to be, how he got to become a filmmaker and what drove him to become a filmmaker. That's the real question I want to know. It's not about like his fucking films. I, I, I mean, they're, they're what they are, but I care more about Neil being the person of what his mind and is and what his mind was thinking about doing this. That's why I want to show. And also what, what, what he's, what's going on through his mind when he's trying to make these films, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just really curious and I would like to know Mr. Breen, if you're out there, please, please message us back. Yes. And I want to join in on this too. We will do this on a day. Mark is not available. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I have my thumbs up and smiling. <laughs> if there was a camera, it'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so, but other than that, that's our vlogcast. Guys. That is our vlogcast. So, and it's been great. Thank it has you. Been. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being our frame chasers. Thank you for everything you do, and thank you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, other than that, uh, we'll see you in the next vlogcast uh, for next month. Uh, well, that would be uh, you're, you're Mark uh, I'm John yeah I, I'm, I'm Mark he's John and love peace and chicken grease we'll see you in August later peace